everyone and welcome back to the Lions Den podcast. This is episode number 38. I'm your host, Fatty, and I got a very, very special guest with me today. Uh, this person is, well, I mean, he's producing music for one, but so many different kinds of music. He uh, got a chance to travel, I believe, last year, which I'm going to ask him a lot about. Um, and he's just, you know, very experienced musically, inclined musically. And I'm so excited that he's here today so I could pick his brain. Uh, everybody, welcome Andre to the show. Andre, how are you? Hey, Fadi, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing very well, man. Thanks so much for giving me your time today. I appreciate uh, it. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, although it's virtual, wish it would have uh, been in person, but uh, it's a yeah. pleasure nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny because I I spend so much time like setting up rooms in the house so I can record podcasts and then. COVID yes. hit and I can't even have anyone over. That so. thing hit us all, man. Yes. <laughs> all the plans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How how have you been throughout COVID? Like, has has it affected your work at all? Like, what's your life been like so in the last couple couple months? So, uh, at first, it actually affected work in a positive way. Although that might sound weird, but uh, I had like so many projects that I had to attend to. But then there were also like the live recording sessions and the things that do happen to um, like the you know recording sessions as well as mixing sessions and stuff like that i can get more sure. into the details of, of what those things are exactly yes absolutely uh, we'll do that in a bit yeah but then um i also happen to be traveling a little bit more than usual uh, with concerts and stuff like that so of course like when everything got shut off i was able to you know come in here into the studio and uh, and just work on every project that i have and give it 100 percent of uh, of the time yeah, uh, and uh, man, you're living a lot of people's dreams. I'm not gonna lie to you. You're in a studio, <laughs> you're on tour, you're you're traveling, and at the end of the day, it's like you're the music producer. You get to sit in the background and just enjoy the whole show and enjoy everything. And I'm just so excited to hear about your journey through this, man. Like, when did you? Or actually, you know what? Let's just share with our listeners what what's your current position right now. If you had to label yourself or give yourself a role. Right. So I do a couple of things all uh, within the music industry. Um, so my main thing is music production, which is um, when you're hearing a, a song on the radio, basically you're hearing uh, the singer singing, but then you're hearing all the instruments that are playing in the background, all the drums, all the sound effects and everything. So the person who's responsible to making those things happen and be in place and kind of design where like where each instrument is playing what uh, that is the music producer uh, so we deal with getting a song that might have been sung on just a piano or just a guitar or just even hummed and uh, we're responsible of um, designing what the musical instruments will do and uh, what musical instruments to use for that particular song depending on the genre and so on and so forth yeah, um, interesting yeah, we deal with the musicians who are um, going to play on the track. So if we are to have live musicians, uh, a live drummer or a live uh, guitar player or so on, and uh, we would record these, we would edit uh, all the audio, we would do uh, mixing, which is to balance everything and just have them all uh, working together uh, in a sonically pleasing kind of way on your headphones or your yeah, car. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So are you, are you freelancing this stuff or do you work? for a record label like how does it work in the industry that you're in yeah so actually i would have wished after graduating i would work somewhere uh like a studio or something like that in order to have more experience but basically i found um the thing that turns off a lot of people from pursuing a career in music is basically every studio that um 
you know, every studio that's actually active right now and working, it's active and working because of a sound engineer that's in it. And unless you're a sound engineer, chances are you didn't, you know, open a studio. So if you have a studio, then you're the sound engineer in it. So it was very, very tough at first to actually get a job at a studio. So that actually led me to have my own business from the get-go. So actually, once I graduated, I started having my own studio, which wow. which was a good thing that I was pushed into it that way. But also, at the like at the beginning, I I didn't have any experience actually. Like it was all very little tiny little bits that I know here and there. Yeah. So and you were just kind of thrown into this thing, like you got to figure this out on your own. Exactly. So that's that's interesting. So did you? Do you rent studio space or do you own your own studio space? So I have my own studio space here and uh, basically everything started very small. I uh, I actually literally started with a laptop and a couple of speakers and then that kind of transform, transformed over the years, uh, just adding more and more and more things that I thought that the studio needed in order to be better. Yeah. Um, and so now it's uh, it's turning into something. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely turning into something, man. And I'm so excited to unpack all that. <laughs> and I need to give you some credit because uh, you and I have not had many conversations, probably a few in person. Mm. Um, and I know because I've seen on your Facebook that you put out these videos where you're you're pretty much playing every single part of the song on a different instrument or a different sound. Mm-hmm. And you mash them all up together. And it's like a grid on the video. And it's you in every single box doing something completely different, mm-hmm. putting out a whole song and to me i've seen that concept before but i've never seen it to the intricacy that you put it out mm. and i was very impressed by that it was it was amazing like that is a real musical skill like when did you fall in love with music when did you start playing with music um do you play instruments and if so how many like i just want to know about your musical background yeah thank you fatty i i appreciate it so uh, when I put out those videos, uh, <clears throat> I just made sure that everything that is being portrayed in the video is actually accurately how it was done. I kind of wanted to take every person who's going to watch the video on the actual real life journey of how these things come to be. Um, because it's very easy to have things pre-recorded from before and just uh, pretend to be playing them on camera. But uh, yeah, I just wanted sure. it to be as raw as possible because uh, I myself find it very exciting uh, to do, and so I I figured maybe people are going to find it exciting to watch as well. Uh, yeah, and I actually saw, I don't know if you came across this song, but I came across like an Ed Sheeran song that he put mm-hmm. together a few years ago, and he did something very similar to that, where he was playing the drums and then the guitar and dropping the beat, and yes. it was just an amazing, it's just, it's it's an admiration <laughs> because it takes such a skill, right? And to to get all the timing right and all the beats down correctly and everything just laying laying it over and making it sound like cohesive must be how long does that take you to do oh man oh, <laughs> so long so long <laughs> i bet yeah it's you it's never nuts, know man. you never know honestly i start every project that i get up until today and i have yeah. no idea if that's going to take 15 hours if it's going to take 25 if it yes. might take 40 even and uh, every project is different and the uh, level of details of certain instruments that need to be there and just also you're working on something creative. So you actually might have the full thing fully finished. But then after listening to it, you figure out that this does not work. It does not feel right. It's not yeah. the right intent of the song. It doesn't match it. And in, in that case, you basically trash it. You don't use it. And, uh, and all of what you've done, you have to you know, not be emotionally attached to it. 
So, yes, you might actually take double the time that you would normally take. But then the goal here is to have the song be produced as well as it can be. Um, Yeah, And you just have to put in the hours. Yeah, you're right. And um, I didn't interrupt you, so I want you you to get back into your your story about your background. So Mm -hmm. I think we were talking about when you first started playing music. Mm -hmm. So I that first part, I was told about it. I was not like I I wouldn't remember it myself because I was told that I started piano when I was about like three, three and a half years old. Three. Yeah. Three and a half. (laughs) I was told. (laughs) That's impressive, man. Three to figure out the piano. Like how small is a three year old's hands on a piano? Pretty, That's crazy. Small, but uh, <laughs> I didn't go at, like in playing Beethoven's and Mozart's and stuff like that. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was like uh, Mary Had a Little Lamb or something like that or the Egyptian yeah. equivalent of it. Um, <laughs> Egyptian equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> but then, um, yeah, basically, um, my my dad always played the piano and he uh, he plays keyboards as well. So we always had them like lying around the house, literally almost in every room. So yeah. I guess there was no escaping it. Like as a kid, you have to go and play with everything that's in the room. And one of those things turned out to be, a yeah. piano, and uh, that's probably how it started. Wow. That's crazy. So did you, do you remember if you liked it at first or at first was it just something that you had to do and it was yeah. a chore almost? So uh, definitely at first it was actually fun to do uh, when I was a kid. And that part, I remember when I was eight, I started connecting you know, my piano to a computer. And that way I was able to record what I play on the piano on the computer and then be able to layer those uh, tracks and just have, uh, you know, piano playing and maybe add some drums to it, maybe add some guitars to it, things like that, which is essentially what we do in music production. But that's that's where that started. Um, So you you started mixing in grade two. uh, Let's call it what it is. It's uh, just at a very, very, very small scale. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you were, your mind ran to the curiosity of what I can do with this single beat mm. on a computer because mm-hmm. I know I have the software that has these capabilities and I know that I have this track here that sounds like this. Mm. I'm going to add things to it. And yes, of course, even if you're mixing Mary Had a Little Lamb, like all jokes aside, <laughs> the fact that eight-year-old you and your brain thought that this is how it works, that's the beginning of it. You know what I mean? Like, that's where the foundation starts. And I don't think like, I'd love to speak to other sound engineers and see like how early this started, but three years old on the piano is that's impressive. And you sound like you come from a musical family. Uh, yeah, did you sure. play any other instruments at all? Uh, back in, uh, must've been grade six or seven. I started playing a little bit of drums, uh, live drums. Uh, and then later on, I actually learned to play a little bit of guitars, but my skill yeah. level at those ones are not something that I use you know, on a professional level. So I, I honestly view it as a way of just having a little bit of more insight so that when I'm talking to a drummer, I know how to phrase certain things, you know? Yeah, yeah uh, If I'm sure. talking to a guitarist, I know what a guitar can play and what a guitar just definitely cannot play. So I yeah. wouldn't be asking them to uh, record something that's impossible to do, essentially, on their instruments. Yeah, that's very impressive. And dr- live drums is uh, is cool, too. I actually have a friend of mine from who's in Egypt, and he's a live drummer. And he drums for Hamei in his live concerts. Mm, nice. Uh, yeah, he's actually a Coptic guy too. And I, I mean, I'd love to do the interview, but I'm near, not nearly good enough in at Arabic. And I think he would prefer that. So uh, yeah. maybe we'll, we'll work that out someday. But that's a pretty cool gig. And I always like to hear about musicians. You know, I grew up playing a musical instrument. I've always loved music. And what did you play? I, I oh, it's funny. I played the I played the trumpet. 
Oh, nice. Who okay. would have Who would have guessed, right? But I I played the trumpet for like five High or six years. Band? Exactly. Nice. Before that, even I started like grade six. Mm. Uh, all the way through high school, um, didn't really continue it after. And then I think I, th- my sister was put in like piano lessons and stuff, but, um, I always just loved music, listening to music, listening to beats. Um, that's just something that I enjoy. I never engineered it or produced it, but mm. sounds like, a it, it sounds like an interesting, uh, interesting career. Now I want to ask you because we didn't really get a chance to talk about this, but for anyone who's considering this kind of career, Andre, mm. what does the educational path look like? Uh, for someone who wants to become a like an engineer or do what you do? Mm-hmm. So mine was uh, basically when I first came to Canada, which uh, I was here at age of 16. And that was halfway through high school. So uh, I came in here. I was grade 11. Uh, first thing, I applied to a school called Cuthbert Park. That's uh, here in Mississauga, actually. And uh, it's the only school that has a like specific music program. So we basically did the music program besides the regular high school curriculum. Um, and they call it the RAP program, Regional Arts Program. Um, so that was something that was really beneficial during the high school time because you get to be in a band you get to actually uh, do your instruments so it's not only piano over there you can actually do piano or drums or guitar or you know trumpet the band instruments uh maybe the only thing that i haven't seen back then was actually violins and uh and like more stringed instruments like that but so that way was uh, it was a great way to get into uh, you know, coming into Canada and just seeing what music is, how how it's being yeah. taught here yeah. in Canada, because I come from Egypt uh, and I came at the age of 16, so I was pretty much older. Um, afterwards, I went to U of T for a bachelor's in music. Uh, and uh, basically, I've always known that I wanted to pursue music as a career, so I, I was in it for the full ride there. Um, and then four years later, I graduated and uh, and then started to do my own thing. So when you're doing your own thing, uh, you don't technically need to have uh, a bachelor's degree in the field that you're about to be in anyways, because at that point, you're dealing with your clients directly. Uh, and whether or not they require you to have had a bachelor's degree in that field just depends personally on them. Um, so unless you're doing something that will require you to absolutely have a degree, uh, it's not a must. I just wanted to get my bachelor's degree basically. Bro, I'm not going to lie to you. Our camera's off so you can't see this, but I was like shaking my head, like jaw dropped a few times there where you're like bachelor of music at U of T. Like what does that even look like? I feel like, like I need to hear about how, how tough that is (laughs) that cause I feel like, you know, you hear about how hard U of T is and like every other aspect and then bachelor of music like what do they have you guys playing there like well, I, you need to tell me more about this program is it like is it yeah actually i'll just let you take over so it's uh it's, it gets intense <laughs> i can imagine it. i can imagine it does yeah um so basically like when i was applying for universities i i applied to a couple around the area here uh i didn't want to you know live all the way across the country especially we had such excellent schools around here actually um so uh U of T was the one i ended up uh, choosing and the thing about U of T is it's very academic and so you go in and uh, no matter which program you're choosing but you're definitely choosing the academic side of it um so a lot of what i did at U of T was um a lot of theory uh, really heavy on theory 
uh, he, like harmony and counterpoint and, and like, you know, sciences within the music. Yes. Um, so that was very beneficial in the, in, the, in the sense that you just really know the inner workings of what you're working with. Uh, and it's not a superficial, superficial kind of knowledge uh, with, you know, why music works the way it does. Yeah, for um, sure. So that part is good. We also did a lot of history, uh, a lot of papers and things like that. And uh, in every year, we also had to prepare a full program uh, as if you're doing a full concert in front of a jury. Uh, and that's for your specific instrument. So if you're playing something, uh, maybe your voice um, focused, so then you do a concert and you're the vocalist. Uh, and for me, I obviously chose piano. And so I would prepare a classical concert. And at the end of each year, uh, we would have to present that in front of a jury of, you know, three professors. And uh, it gets really intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Because I haven't released at this point yet, but I have a, a podcast coming out with two girls that are um, they're artists and they talk about like they both like both of them are musicians and they went to prestigious music schools and they talk about how crazy these final assignments get in. Mm-hmm. These professors are like ripping you to shreds like that's literally what they're there for. They so expect gets... you to to be a full on professional uh, yes. from the get go, actually from year one. Uh, actually, like when you're applying to the music schools uh, and all the music schools that I applied to, actually, it was a similar process. But you're expected to know uh, theory uh, as well as a first year student over there. And you're uh, also expected to do a performance just like you do every year. Entering yeah. uni- the university, have, you have to do that as well as an interview. Um, so they make sure that you're already doing the things you're going to do in school. So like, I actually wondered, like, what am I going to learn, you know, in the school itself, since I'm already doing everything that, you know, that is expected to be happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but the idea is they actually build on your knowledge from before you don't go into the music program, um, when you're actually starting to learn about music. No, you're expected to actually be at a very high level and then they take it from there kind of thing. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And and I actually just want to want to talk about something here because and I and I know you guys are best friends. Well, I'm not going to say best friends. I don't know the extent of your relationship, but you're you're close friends. And Mario is the one that actually told me to get you on this podcast. Yeah, he's okay. Um, and, and he's all right. He's kind of a decent guy. But but uh, you know when I when I talk to to Mario and I tell him the things that, you know, and this applies to you too. Like you came here when you were 16 years old. That's mid high school towards the end of high school. So pretty much you grew up in your, most of your adult life at that point has been spent in Egypt. You know, that's where you're coming from. It's a huge culture change. And for you guys to both find, you know, your pockets and to do what you do, it's it's honestly inspirational. Like, I, I genuinely mean that. And I just want to know from you because having moved here at 16 years old, like, if, if, there's, if there's a spectrum of, like, how Egyptian someone's parents can be, mm-hmm. and, like, you say, like, I moved here when I was, like, three and then, my parents are like whatever less egyptian mm-hmm. unquote unquote but then you have someone who came here at 16 and then you went full on into a music program and then you hear about you know all the cultural you know requirements in our mm-hmm. in our community of what you should do in your career and did you face any of that at all or were your parents cuz you sounded like from day one this is you knew what this was going to be and mm-hmm. i mean i don't think that your parents who live with you every single day are going to be caught off guard by that it feels like at some point they probably expected it. So did you feel any backlash, whether it be from family or community about the choice of going into music? 
So from my family, absolutely not. And I expected it from them because my dad was into this career as well. And so it's not something that is uh, weird in our family to be working within the music industry. Um, the thing is, like when I came here to Canada, um, I'm seeing a lot fewer people actually pursue careers in, in the arts in general, actually. So whether music or visual arts uh, or design um these things are actually there is less of it over here even though egyptians in egypt they do this all the time and they're excelling at it i must say uh the level of production when you're you know when you're seeing like egyptian movies or tv shows uh or music production when you're talking about you know songs uh actually egypt uh is the hollywood hollywood of the east um, yeah. So that's not happening by itself. It's actually happening because of people that really, really know their crafts. Um, so it's not weird for Egyptians to be uh, doing something in the arts, actually, at all. It's completely normal. Uh, but here in Canada, it's more like people want to be careful not to get into it because there is no guarantee at the beginnings that it may succeed or not, right? Um, so they view it more as a risk and I'm actually not against that kind of thought at all. Um, I think that every parent that might want to have their kids, uh, you know, go, go into something that's more, they're more sure of, uh, that's definitely a good gesture to be honest. It's, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm not one of those people who, you know, kind of chose the music industry, but then always bash everyone that. <laughs> they didn't choose it or or, yes. or or say that as a community, we don't support that, uh, especially that honestly, like I'm being completely honest with me. I never did find any at any point that I wasn't being supported by the community. Yeah. I, and that's I, amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, it, it wasn't actually like that, like uh, not even like a certain look, you know, of, of disappointment. Like, really, that's what you chose. No, it's <laughs> I tell people I, I do music production. Uh, sometimes people don't know what music production uh, is exactly, and that's completely fair. Like, I don't know every job that there is, uh, but then I explain yeah. it, and I don't either. Eyes that's why I started up, this. and they're excited. So yeah, <laughs> no, and I was just saying, I don't, I don't know these professions either, and that's why I started this podcast because I know that I don't know everything, and it's good to to have these professionals <laughs> on and come talk about what they do. Yeah, uh, and, inside uh, and, out. and and when kids in at 17 and 18 are expected to choose a profession, it's very hard for them to know every option that they have. And sure, so something absolutely. like your podcast is, is, is a great way for them to be exposed to these things because they're not going to get exposed to it otherwise. Yeah, for sure, man. And you bring up a great point earlier, too, because this is something I've, I've had this conversation with my parents, my in-laws, but you say you know egypt is like the hollywood of the middle east or mm. hollywood of the east mm. and this is completely true and not just that but i feel like egypt's had like high quality movie production since before anybody like if we there's movies that are like from 1930 40 that are like incredible productions and the acting is great and the writing is great mm -hmm. and i feel like there are a lot of like you said a lot of artistically inclined people like i had um, I'm sure you know Antonio's from the community, but Antonio's yeah, also absolutely. also came super late and and you know to Canada in terms of his life and at what age he came, mm -hmm. and he's super art artsy and he tells me he developed that skill set in Egypt and there's so much support in Egypt and um and I know a lot of people in Egypt who participate in plays and big productions so it, it's ironic almost right that 
we are all Egyptians and we live under this stereotype, but it like almost resonates more here than it does back home. I, I think it definitely is. Um, and uh, like, I'm not sure exactly what the reasons for it are, but um, it seems Maybe we, when you're mm. here, there's just like an immense pressure for you to make, uh, you know, to make a career for yourself. Cause like in Egypt, I feel like there's, there's more generational wealth. So like if your family mm-hmm. is there and you could be supported, so you have the flexibility to try different things. I'm not sure. I'm just guessing. Right. Um, but whereas here you come here, like it, you have to work or else you, you're not going to survive in this country. Yeah. So a lot of people, yeah. like you say, like some of them just want their kids to be comfortable. And that's not a bad gesture at all to suggest that they go to a career that's going to make them comfortable. Yeah. Um, where I think it is, shaky is if we're only suggesting these careers and shutting down the rest of them and you know not letting people explore the different things that they like to do and that they might be passionate about because i think that's that's the important thing as well as to shine light on that passion and and to just push people to do what they love because you never know man who knew andre would be on tour like and we're gonna i'm i can't wait to get to that (laughs) exactly exactly so before we get into the tour stuff can you just share with our listeners what's uh what ongoing projects do you have right now so I'm always uh, doing recording sessions with local artists. Uh, and so the studio was built built uh, at first so that I can work with the artists I produce music for. Uh, and then once I had the studio setup happening and it, it proved to be successful at, uh, at having a high quality recording and everything. So I started opening that up uh, for the public. So even if I'm not doing the production, but I do recording here. So I do, uh, you know, like different genres of music, um, have different producers come in here to record with their artists, things like that, things like that. Um, I'm always doing that, of course, except for the time of Corona, but uh, <laughs> I'm talking about when the, yes. like the last time life was normal, basically. Um, that's what I would do here. Uh, I also do uh, mixing for projects, even if they're recorded somewhere else. But then I, uh, uh, I basically worked with people like locally or, you know, from wherever. I get some projects from Egypt, sometimes UK, sometimes California, actually. Uh, and, and then they just all come here. And because of the Internet and the way everything is connected now, it's actually pretty easy to work on on projects that are, you know, more global like that. So it's uh, it's actually pretty incredible. And I use the same thing, too, to send projects somewhere else to be recorded. Like, I will work with musicians. Uh, you know, if I need an Arabic instrument, I'm going to have it recorded, you know, back in Egypt, uh, where more people are playing that instrument and, and they know exactly the ins and outs of it. Um, so that's nice. also something that uh, that happens a lot. There's a lot of, like, projects flying, you know, between countries, and uh, yeah. it's been incredible. Now, do you focus on any specific genres, or do you... Like, like that's one thing I wanted to know. Like, what kind of music would, like, what kind of artists would hit you up? Like, what, what kind of music do you put together? Okay, so uh, coming from Egypt, of course, I'm, I'm really fond of, of Egyptian pop music. Uh, that's the music I grew up listening to, and uh, it's the reason why I got into music production because I, I really admired the producer's role in, in such songs, and, uh, and so I still do that. Uh, much less than I would want to, but uh, just because of the fact that we're living here in Canada. But I, yes, uh, I do that, uh, you know, as much as I can. And uh, a lot of other genres would have to be actually hip hop because uh, locally here in Mississauga, between the, you know, in the Peel area, 
uh, around Toronto. So we have a lot of hip hop artists actually here. Um, so I get a lot of recording sessions with hip hop artists and uh, we do the mixing and the mastering and, you know, all of. No way, bro. Yeah. Hip hop music. <laughs> yes. That's crazy, man. I literally would have never guessed of all genres that that would be the one that you work on. It's, I don't know uh, why. No less than 60% of the time, actually, that's what I do. <laughs> that's incredible, man. Like, wh- what kind of artists have you worked? Are you allowed to share that, or is that all, like, confidential stuff? Uh, I can't say, like, specific names, but... Uh, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, yeah I, I bet a there's of, a lot of um, things. Yeah, yeah, there is, like, hip-hop place. artists, uh, like, rap artists or, uh, or trap that's music. That's so cool, man. Trap music is really hot these days. Um, so uh, it's a lot of fun to work with, actually, as a producer, because um, in those genres of music, like the trap music, the producer's role is really close to the artist's role. So we're working very closely together in the sense that, you know, he's singing something, but then the editing to make it sound like trappy and, and the way you actually want to hear it on a record uh, is, you know, being supported by the producer. Uh, and so we edit the vocals in very intricate ways, actually. And nowadays, today's technology actually allows us to do so much with the vocals once they've been recorded. Yeah. Uh, like, we can literally change every single note that the artist is singing. We can actually change the timing uh, of every individual, like, syllable they're saying. Um, and so we have almost complete control. Uh, so, yeah, we get to create music that is uh, not natural it's it's kind of like yeah. supernatural it can it can be more that's, than what a person can think kind of thing that's really cool man and the fact that you're able to pivot and adjust like trap music was not in when you were going through school mm-hmm. it wasn't in when you hopped on a piano and started learning how to play music you know this is something that has become a fad over the last couple of years and for you to adjust to that mm. that's really cool man you probably had some really cool experiences now um i saw that you were touring on facebook i don't know if you can talk to me more about that clarify that for me so you did mention earlier you went on some concerts so can, can you tell us a bit about that and what that experience was like yeah it's uh it's actually my first tour uh ever on that scale like uh, when i traveled to do a concert before it was uh not that far away and uh, it wasn't that many concerts so that was the first time uh that we're going specifically to do the concerts um you know, the same concert, but in multiple other countries. So we basically went to uh, Paris, we went to London, uh, and then uh, right here, uh, we did two concerts in Canada as well, so Toronto and uh, Montreal. Then we did a concert in Boston, Washington, D.C., New York, Texas, San Francisco. You were on tour, tour. uh, L.A., yes, yes, yes. So it was the full experience. (laughs) That's crazy, man. Like, t- tell me about that. What's that like? Is it like, uh, is it as stressful as they make it seem in the movies where they're, the artist is just going venue to venue, show to show, and they have to just be on their, the, like, A performance? Ooh, yes, absolutely. That is absolutely true. And uh, that was with an artist uh, called Hamza Namra, which uh, millions of people uh, know him. Um, yeah. And I got to learn from him exactly that. Like, it doesn't matter how tired you are or how exhausted you are, but then you go on stage and you give people your best still. Um, they do not see on you the fact that you've been, you know, traveling overnight uh, because you had a concert just the last day and you traveled overnight and you're here today doing that same concert again. They, they don't see that on you. Uh, all they see is that you're just as excited, just as happy. And uh, and with him especially, like, I see it's genuine. It, it wasn't fake, you know. 
Um, so it's how to get that level of um, being, you know, 100% excited about the very same concert you just did yesterday. Yeah. Uh, how did you connect with him? Yeah, so I actually know him from, like, back in Egypt. Uh, yes. Before his first album, we met, and uh, I actually played with him on a couple of tracks on his first albums. Um, and then afterwards, like, very shortly afterwards, actually was the time when I was actually leaving the country and, uh, and coming to Canada. Um, that was at the age of, you know, at the end of my 15 and going into 16. Yeah. Um, then obviously we weren't as much in touch, but like every now and then I would do a project with him. Um, but then what happened last year was he came here to Canada to do his Toronto and Montreal concerts. And then we actually communicated and, uh, we, he wanted us to be doing, uh, those concerts together. Uh, so we got together actually, uh, with the band here in Toronto and it was exactly the day before the concert. And that's when we had the full on, you know, eight hour rehearsal, uh, you know, get everything ready. Obviously I had all the material from before for me to study exactly what we're playing. And yes, with his yeah. band, like they, they've played together for 20 or 30 years together. So they know exactly how to go with each other. I was the new guy. Um, so, That's so interesting, man. Yeah. You got to live like a rock star life and uh, you got, got to go on tour, travel different countries uh, and see what it's like when people receive, you know, fans receive a, an artist that mm. has a lot of love and a lot of recognition. And uh, it's it's like a superstar's life, man. That's, it's got to be some it's got to be so cool for sure. It's really um, cool. And it's uh, it's I, I love travel anyways. But then traveling to do music was ultimately like the best thing yeah, that I, uh, absolutely. I think of doing, um, especially going with with him and with the musicians that we had with us because they're such a good company um and incredible musicians too uh yeah. so all of them are touring musicians so you know the the drummer that we were doing the you know paris concert with after his paris concert he would then have to go to belgium because he has a bunch of concerts over there and then he, you know he would meet us in the states afterwards but then he never went home he, he was actually still touring doing other concerts in europe and he actually lives in egypt <laughs> so wow interesting yeah that's awesome, man. And look, Andre, you brought up this this point earlier where, you know, the technology today has made it so easy to not just communicate with artists around the world and create music, but it's made it easier for us to do our jobs. You know, it's streamlined a lot of processes. It's made a lot of things more efficient for us. Mm -hmm. The fact that you're self-employed and you're doing this on your own, how do you keep up with all the technology updates? How do you teach yourself what's new? Like, you know, if you're working for a record label or whatnot, they're probably going to introduce these and launch these new softwares and train you on them but you you're sort of responsible to find this stuff out on your own do you read um, how do you keep up with with what's going on in your industry yeah so if you're working with a record label you're still responsible for your own learning and bringing yourself up to the skill level that you need to be at in order oh, to be competitive um so I don't think it ever happens that someone will come to you and kind of teach you how to be better at your job and I'm not sure about what other jobs uh, are like in that respect, but you have to always want to see what's new. And uh, and chances are, if you get into a job like this, you're already having this curiosity on you. So you already want to know what's the newest software, uh, what are the best sounds available now, uh, what are the best you know plugins we use, you know programs within programs that do more specific things. Um, so those plugins, what's new, uh, you know, how can they make my job 
uh, easier? How can they make, you know, the same thing that I do for someone actually sound better using that new tool? And yeah. uh, I, I honestly approach it in a kid-like thing. I, uh, for me, these are literally, you know, new toys that I'm getting and, uh, and, <laughs> and, and learning how to use properly kind of thing. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, so actually like technology-wise, I can't imagine what my job would have been without the technology that we have over there. And thank God I didn't live through the times when, uh, you know, in the 60s uh, when they were doing the editing. I hear stories about how they did that simple edit that I did in literally two seconds. And it's a process, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they have to for cut sure. tape and they have to glue it together. And, you know, it's no. <laughs> so it's nowadays, yeah, nowadays, um, yes, a lot of things are simpler. But with that, the expectation is higher because okay. you're doing things that used to be complicated, but now they're easy. So then what's the challenge? Yeah, uh, so that's sure. that's that's how we end up with better music, actually, uh, or better production or better sound engineering, uh, things that are more sonically like pleasing. You actually play it in the car, you play it on the headphones. It just sounds too good. And that's because all the simple things uh, are all handled by technology. But then you also now have more expectation to be creative. Uh, if you don't get it, it to sound right it's not going to be because of lack of tools it's going to be because of lack of creativity, you know, creativity. Yes, yeah exactly got you now you earlier said that you had no idea that you'd end up on tour on you know in concerts with with an artist who has millions of fans and mm -hmm. followers around the world so with that being said what's your plan for the next five years where do you see yourself have you set any goals corona um, years or gonna... normal years <laughs> well i hope not corona years man i'm done with these corona dog years uh, every year seven years yes um assuming it's non-corona years what's your what's your plan for the next five years are we going to see you on stage with the weekend soon uh that would be nice uh if you listen <laughs> to this uh please uh take my number call <laughs> please abel and call me just to tell me you heard it i don't even just, care just call us all let's let's have yeah, a conversation let's have a party <laughs> Yeah, so um, I'm I'm always caught up between two things, to be honest with you. And this is uh, this is something I think about a lot. Like, how do you know to be thankful for what you have? Because that's literally the things you were dreaming of having, and also have ambition to do the next things, which actually implies that you know you're not completely satisfied with what you have in a way, right? That you're yeah. looking forward for more. Um, so I, I always found it kind of difficult to balance between those two things. I'm definitely happy with how things have been, especially that uh, there were definitely, definitely like moments, like big moments of doubt, especially coming out of university, just starting the studio, struggling to find people to work with. Um, you know, I used to work for free completely and still struggle to have people work with me for free because, wow. uh, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, if you're working with a music producer, you want someone who already knows how to make your music sound its best. So it's not a job for a beginner kind of thing. Like you, you uh, like there isn't someone else who's going to fix it after you. Like you're the final thing that actually, you know, you actually make the finished product and that product gets released. So yeah, back yeah. then, of course, I was not very good. Like I know how to play music. I know how to play piano, but that's actually not, you know, everything that has to do with it. Like there is a lot more around it. Uh, yeah, for sure. So just getting that skill level higher so that I can actually be doing it as a job 
uh, and just continuing to actually improve that was definitely the game I was playing here. Um, and this is the game I honestly feel that I'm going to have to be playing for the rest of my life. And, um, and it's a fun game, to be honest, because uh, every time you make something but you're not completely satisfied with it, um, there is a reason for that because you know you can make it better in a in a certain way and so that's a learning opportunity uh, yeah, um, for sure yeah and honestly like this is this is the big thing for me like i'm actually passionate about the music production itself for what it is uh not so much for the things around it actually uh and so if i can become a music producer that's getting better with time learning you know the new genres uh learning how to make good music you actually brought up a really good point like um Trap music was not around when I was a kid, but then yeah. most of the hip, you know, new songs that you hear are actually made by people who are older. These people are the ones with the, you know, experience as sound engineers or as producers. Uh, they've been doing this forever, but they still make today's music, uh, even though the music they were brought up with, chances are, were uh, much older ones. Um, so a music producer that doesn't change with the time uh is a very like static music producer and you know music trends is almost like fashion like you yeah. can expect it to always go round and round and and be changing uh so if you're not on it uh you can very easily fall out of fashion yeah absolutely andre in my pocket of podcasting there are podcasters that i look up to that i want to model my my podcasting around the things that I do, like how I set up the podcast, how I advertise it. Mm. I look at them for examples. Do you have engineers or producers in the industry that you look up to as well? Um, so actually, <laughs> the one I uh, I uh, I kind of like try to learn from the most nowadays. He's he actually happens to be an artist as well, and maybe not a lot of people know that he also is a producer. Uh, Charlie Puth. No way. He's yeah. a producer? Oh, he's a sick producer, actually. <laughs> wow. I had no idea either. He's incredible. He's incredible. So uh, besides, you know, having a really great voice uh, and being able to write music as well, but then he also does what I do. Uh, and he's really good at it, too. So he makes sometimes like videos of him producing. So you get to see him like do it. Um, but that's a really nice level of production that I always you know, aspire to get to. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. I had no idea he was a producer. Um, but look, last question for you before I give you back the rest of your evening, mm. would you ever get into podcast productions? Cause one of my favorite podcasts right now, it's a team of four and one of them is a sound engineer mm. and, uh, and they like record in his studio and he does all the, the, all the sound stuff. So would you ever consider getting into the podcasting pocket? Cause I'm telling you, it's a growing industry. Honestly, I I myself love podcasts, uh, so I'm not surprised that it's it's growing to that to the extent that it is because it uh, really is uh, a very nice form of delivering uh, messages. Like yes. most people, most people don't have the time to go, you know, read a book, but then you can get a lot of information and learn so much uh, from today's more. You know, like this is the current way of us to uh, to to learn more information about, yeah, for you sure. know, bigger ideas and, and things like that. So it's uh, definitely something I'd be happy to work yeah. with. It's uh, a great medium for consuming information. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, you can always listen to it in the car. You can always listen to it when you're running. You can always uh, basically whenever you want. And um, 
and it's like usually not uh, done in a way that is only for entertainment, but you know, a lot of the time it also has to do with learning actual real stuff. So that's why I really appreciate it. I appreciate about podcasts. Awesome. Well, uh, with that being said, man, I just want to say thank you so much for joining the show and educating us on what it is that you do and, you know, sharing the life into going on tour and all the crazy, crazy, exciting things that are happening in your life, man. I'm super happy to hear it. I wish you all the success. And guys, you need to go to Andre's page, hit him up. He has a whole album out on Spotify of things that he did. Uh, and this dude is so versatile. Like he even does hip hop and, and rap and trap even. So whatever whatever you want, he's got for you. So Andre, man, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Honestly, my pleasure. It's been an honor to be here and uh, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. All right, dude. Have a good one. You too. You too. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Andre, the yes, music sir. superstar. This guy, um, what a crazy conversation! Like I had, because I Andre's album is like very slow type music, very musical. Yeah, man, it's, uh, no, uh, actually, it went by really fast. Like, I did not expect uh, him to come here. It's actually li- trap, really fun to talk to you. Like, like uh, that was the time for me, and, uh, and it all uh, Andre, kind of connected. And uh, today, man, honestly, it like, didn't feel like there was any time at all. Very cool experience. I hope you all the best in the future. And uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Honestly, I love to talk to people who are in the music industry. Music is something that I'm very passionate about, and I know for a fact yes, there are yes. so many are they people the ones you talk with? who feel the same way. They're so so I really, good. really hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation. And uh, mm. you know where to find us, listener, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks for constantly supporting, and I'll come at you next episode. I I completely agree, man. Like I would have loved to make a video with them or something like that for sure. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, honestly, and uh, if they need me to send like videos over of things I've done, so they kind of know like if I'm if it's a good fit or something like that. Like because I obviously saw them, but they not necessarily saw me. So um, yeah, no, they're absolutely amazing. I would love to do something with them, and I really appreciate it. And, Mm-hmm. yeah that that would be incredible honestly like thank thank you so much for thinking about it like it's uh it i definitely would love it yeah yeah, thank you so much, man, and and thank you for today. Honestly, it was uh, it was so much fun. Thank you, thank you. Me too, me too. Thank. You. Okay. Okay. No, sounds good. All right, man. Thank you, thank you, Fadi. Thank you. Bye bye.